Hi, I'm George Tekmachov here with Steve the Big Cat Anderson, and we're back for another Easton podcast. This time it's Q&A for the indoor season. We got our podcast uh, email up and running, Steve, and it's podcast at eastontp.com. In our first episode, we mentioned that uh, if you sent in your question and we answered it on the podcast, that you'd get uh, a dozen Easton arrows, which uh, are going to go to Mr. Sammy Antila of Finland. He's uh, asked for some fat boys, and I, I think he's probably got them by now. Good deal. Yeah, but here's his question, and I think it's a good one. And, uh, and here's what he's asking. I'll just read it verbatim. I'd like to hear your opinion on using aluminum arrows for indoor shooting, especially with recurve bow. Last winter, I used Easton XX75 Platinum Plus arrows, and I really liked them. But most people here in Finland shoot the same carbon aluminum composite arrows throughout the year. Some people say aluminum arrows are harder to tune and that there won't be any real benefit of using them. I've also heard that an aluminum arrow can be more unforgiving and you'll lose the touch to your summer arrows by using different arrows in winter. What are your thoughts? Well, that's a very good question because it does come up almost uh, every generation. You've got shooters debating this particular question. So I'm going to, Steve, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just relate what I think and then I want to hear what you think. Because I, I want to hear from the compound perspective as okay. well. Okay, yeah, let's right. do it. Okay, so on the recurve side. Back in... Uh, 1978-79, Daryl Pace addressed this, the great Daryl Pace, one of the greatest uh, archers ever. Uh, Daryl changed up his weight as well as his arrow. He would go to an aluminum 2114 indoors because it tuned, and he'd drop about three pounds or so. Now, at the time, shooters were shooting 50, 51, 52 pounds, and you kind of needed a break. You know, it was kind of unhealthy to shoot that weight all the way through the year. Uh, so Daryl, very sensibly, you know, chose to, to drop weight. And then with the advent of carbon arrows, uh, we saw gradual decline in the mass weight. Uh, I should say the pull weight and a decline in the mass weight, of course, of the arrow. So the pull weight correspondingly decreased. And by the mid-90s to the late 90s, going into the mid-2000s, say around 2004, 2005, men's in general uh, weights were around 47 to 49 rather than 50 to 53. This is a general statement here. And as a result, uh, you saw more people not trying to change up going into indoor season. You saw them keeping the same arrow. Now, the, the people who were probably most famous for this were the Koreans and some of the Italians who would continue to shoot their X-10s and ACEs indoors. And as a result, most of the indoor world records of the recurve are actually held with X-10s. Um, with that said, though, I think that there can be, especially if you're not a super high-level shooter, some benefit to going to a line-catching arrow, like a 23-sized aluminum or correctly spined aluminum, whatever that may be for you, and that there may be some benefit to that. And also... You know, uh, the question from Sammy questioned whether you might lose your feel. I don't think so. You know, Daryl was able to go, and of course he's Daryl Pace, mind you. He was able to change weight and arrow, and within a, a day or so, he'd be back to where he was. If you practice enough, it's not a big deal. Give it a couple weeks, and I'm, I'm sure that an intermediate-level shooter can get back to the feel and, in fact, may actually improve. So... The general advice is, yeah, if you're if you're an intermediate level shooter, absolutely try something that might be a better 
arrow from the standpoint of tune and line catching, but never sacrifice tune, is my opinion. Don't try to make a big fat arrow work just for the sake of shooting a fat arrow. You'll be better off having the correct tune, no matter whether you choose an aluminum or carbon arrow. So, so that's more or less my opinion regarding recurve. But Steve, I know that with the compound, it's different. Yeah, with the compound, we're all shooting big arrows indoors. We're all generally shooting max diameter. So shooting world archery events, it's a 23 diameter. Uh, coming across the pond for an NFAA event like Vegas, it's a 27 diameter. And you see the guys in the U.S. pretty much stick to the 27s only. We don't shoot nearly as much world archery type stuff. So guys will change from 27s to 23s for a tournament or two, and that's about it. Whereas the Europeans, they're shooting 23s the whole year, and they change to 27s for a tournament or two. So I think you kind of got to go with what works the best in that scenario. As George said with recurve, whatever tunes the best is what you should be shooting. Diameter's great, but the arrow that shoots the tightest and groups the best is king. So um, I shot next to PJ Deloche this year at Vegas, and – he shot his first two days with 27s, and I mean, he shot good scores, but it wasn't the X count he was accustomed to. And he switched to his 23s for the Indoor World Cup final on Saturday night and just left them for the round on Sunday. He shot a perfect 30X game. And what he mentioned to me was that's probably just a component of, you know, he spends more time tuning his 23s than he does his 27s because he uses them all year long. Whereas for me, I spend more time tuning my 27s um, I shot a perfect 30x game the day prior with a 27, and I mean I've got bows. I, you know I've had bows where I've been able to work both a 23 and 27, but far and away you got to use the one that works the best for you. And I think if you're shooting great with 23s, why make the switch? You know sometimes diameter helps, sometimes it doesn't group as well if you don't have time to get it to tune right. I think anyone can get a 27-12 to tune. But it does take some time, take some experimenting. So you got to do what you got to do with the amount of time you have to get a bow ready. So if you're an American shooter and you're shooting primarily in the United States, tournaments like the Lancaster Classic, tournaments like Vegas, then maybe it's worth taking the time to set up the 27s. But if you're a European shooter, probably you're best off getting the best tune you can with your 23s because as PJ showed, it's possible to shoot perfect scores without the extra line catching capability of the 27. Yeah, and I mean, if you can do a 27, make it work, more power to you because that diameter does help at Vegas. But that's about that in Lancaster, about the only place plus some NFAA events yeah. that you can use those. Yeah, you can't use them in Europe. If you're a European, that's the only where, the only time you're going to be using them. So you kind of got to pick your battles there. I mean, if you're a shorter draw length especially, then going more towards the 23, 12, something like that is going to be your best bet. Um I thankfully can break down about anything 2712 with my draw length, but it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's the best tuning arrow you can get out of your bow. You only have 20 yards for that arrow to correct itself. So vein helps point weight helps. So a lot of experimenting you can do, especially with length. Um, when I set up a 2712, I start with them at about 32 inches and I cut about a quarter inch off. I try different point weights, usually 250, 275, 300, see what works best. Uh, with a 23, I do the same thing, but I cut it to about 31 inches to start. Um, my personal setup for the last couple of years with 23.15 has been 30 and a quarter inch uh, 
shaft length and then a 180 grain point. Whereas with a 2712, I'm at about 31 and a half, 32 inch shaft length and a 250 grain point. So you gotta, you gotta experiment. You can get them both to work out of a compound. It's just a matter of taking the time, uh, buying the components. I know points aren't cheap. Um, you know, you pick up a pack of points, 40 euros, whatever they might be. And you might not use them all. Yeah. But it, if you're spending $120 on three different point weights to experiment with what shoots the best, I mean, what is $120 in relation to a plane ticket to Vegas, you know? So to me, it's worth it. I like to try different stuff and see what works best. I know with recurve, it's a, a whole different ball game, George, but on the compound side, if I can make a, a max diameter shaft work, that's what I'm going to go with. Well, speaking of max diameter shafts, we are now about to introduce a, a new product just for this season. It's a special anniversary edition X7 Arrow. Uh, it's the 50th anniversary, which is amazing. It's just mind-blowing. For 50 years, people have been winning tournaments with X7s. And you can use the same. If you, if you picked out a 2114 X7 today and you picked out a 2114 X7 in 1965, they would shoot exactly the same. That's that's really amazing. That's some awesome. That's the material properties of aluminum, and that's yeah. what I, that's what I preach to shooters with. You know, our outdoor arrows, our, our AC arrows like the X10, uh, ACC, ACE. Uh, I mean, there's huge advantages to building the, a, a carbon arrow around an aluminum core. And the aluminum material itself has basically been the same since that time. So, um, you know, this is maybe the only sporting goods item that you can look at that continues to win today unchanged, essentially. I mean, it's the different colors and stuff. but Colors and labels, that's But it's it. the same dimensions, the same formula, and the same secret Easton processes as, as were developed by Jim Easton in 1964, 1965 being the first competitive season for the X7 arrows. You know, back then they were silver-colored. They were anodized. They were the first anodized arrow uh, of the time, and... They were sandblasted with the size of the arrow. Uh, that was a sandblast process that was used to put the number on the arrow shaft. So it was pretty remarkable that after 50 years, that arrow is still winning oh, just about everything indoors today. Yeah, that's uh, that's a testament. And, you know, I'm shooting them now. I, I don't know when we'll have something else that I might shoot instead. That's kind of crazy so to think. We've did a, we, we did. We've done a special limited edition of the X7. Uh, it's it's silver in the front, like an X23, X27, and it's gold in the back. And it is um, laser engraved with a special 50th anniversary crest, Jim Easton's signature, and his son Greg Easton's signature bookending the crest. So they're one-of-a-kind collector's items, uh, obviously available in dozens, um, meant to be shot, absolutely meant to be used and available at your Easton dealer in the next few weeks uh, on a limited basis. So once they're gone, they're gone. Uh, we're, we're running limited numbers in each size of existing X23 and X27 so that people have them for the indoor season. Yeah, it'll be cool to see uh, some gold X23s and X27s sticking out of quivers this year. It's a really sharp look. I've, you know, luckily been able to see them and be with George as we approve the final design, and they look great. They really do. And we're going to have some special promotional things going on at the Vegas shoot and some other tournaments um, for a, sort of a commemoration of anybody shooting X7 arrows. Uh, there will be some special prizes available. It uh, doesn't matter if it's the anniversary model or not. If it's an X7, if it's an Easton Aluminum arrow, 
you're part of the uh, part of the celebration of 50 years of X7 excellence, um, and we're really very proud to bring that to you. 50 uh, years of X7 excellence and the 50th year of the Vegas shoots. So yeah, it exactly. Hand in hand. That, that's a good point, Steve. It's the 50th anniversary of both of those great things, the Vegas shoot itself. Uh, I know it sounds a little early to be talking about the Vegas shoot, but um, why not start yeah. getting ready, you know? <laughs> It'll be here before we know it. I mean, for us, we uh, we do new product launch in October, and then it's a whirlwind until ATA show. Then we're on the road, Neem, Lancaster, and we're right back in Vegas again. So and then, it, then it seems like no amount of time at all, and we're heading to China for the first World Cup. It's a crazy how time flies just a whirlwind existence for guys like you i have <laughs> yeah i don't envy it though i i've done my time of you know uh 250,000 air miles a year and i can tell you it gets it gets a little old yeah i'm i'm ready to spend some time at home i don't blame you one bit well uh, for more questions just go ahead and email us podcast at eastontp.com thank you sammy for sending in your question here on the Easton Podcast.